Are you are you ready for me to start? Well, good evening. Welcome to the second technology lecture series talk that we've had. We've had one in the spring, and now we get to do our second one. I'm Jim Nicely. I am the chair of the computer science department, and my voice normally doesn't sound like this, but that's okay. Uh, glad that you're here, and I'm going to open in prayer and then turn it over to Stephen Lee, who is the founder and pres president of Sermon Audio. So just a little bit of context, Sermon Audio uh, and BJU have a working relationship as maybe evidence from a technology lecture series. And we are privileged to have uh, usually two or three interns work for uh, Sermon Audio each semester or during the summer. And also we even leverage one of their uh, individuals as an adjunct professor. So. Uh, without uh, further ado, uh, let's open in prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have to work with technology, and we are thankful that you produced a creation that uh, you told us to subdue and to uh, interact with. And so we see that working with technology is one way of doing that, but we understand that uh, as part of the fall, uh, things are broken, and so when we deal with our creativity, we have to take into consideration our fall fallen nature. So we would ask that as we uh, look at the topics tonight, that we would uh, have them shaped by uh, what your word says, and that you would be honored and glorified herein. So we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's good to see you here. I'm my name is Stephen Lee and founder of Sermon Audio. We're working with the school to do things like this for the benefit of the students, okay, for the computer science department. And what we try to do is we try to bring in speakers, leaders, businessmen, technology people from the industry to bring them to you, okay, so you don't have to go out and find conferences to go to so that we can... Uh, enrich your learning experience. That's the whole point of this. And so uh, this is being streamed and it's also being recorded. And uh, I trust that this tonight is kind of special, I think, because um, I met our speaker. His name is Nick Logan. He's a businessman and he's a very strong businessman with strong Christian convictions. And that's a little bit of a rarity, especially when you start getting higher and higher in business. It's very difficult to find uh, Christians with conviction because you don't usually get very far if you have convictions. But uh, the Lord in his good providence allowed Nick uh, through the many years of business to be able to interact with some of some people that you probably will never interact with. But God has his people everywhere to be a witness for him. And that's ultimately why we're, why I trust you're doing what you're doing. You're studying what you're studying. You're studying computer science, not so you can just go out there and work for Google. I mean, there's nothing wrong with working for Google, but that's not the, the end of it, I, I hope. The end of it is to be a Christian wherever you are. And you're going to have to start figuring out what you believe here and now. Because if you... 
If you don't figure that out now, you're not going to figure that out there. You are going to be there what you are here. So, my brother, Nick Logan, he's a, a very accomplished businessman. And in order to be here tonight, I will have you know <laughs> that he canceled a, it was a, it was a, a party with the Marvel characters, okay, right? Yes, he did. And uh, we won't go into all, all his relationships with them, but, but my point simply is not simply to, you know, name drop and wow you all, but you all may never have opportunity to rub shoulders with people like the Marvel characters, uh, but our brother does. And wherever he goes... He's, number one, a Christian witness. And he makes no bones about that wherever he goes. And uh, that's why I like him. I like the fact that he's in business. He's a Christian businessman with, um, with conviction and a good moral compass. Uh, he's a church man. He's a family man. He's got many kids. Ten? Nine. Nine. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Nine. Ten's okay. <laughs> a nice round number. But anyway, uh, I'm just really happy that he's able to carve out his time to be here today. I want you to give him your full attention. Now, after this is all done, we're going to have some giveaways, okay? So pay attention to what he says because we're going to have some uh, giveaways and some, some questions based on what he, his talk is about. And uh, so, so we'll do that. And we also have refreshments afterwards, so make sure you get some of that as well. So without further ado, uh, Nick Logan, he is the owner of many businesses. Primarily, our work with him involves credit card processing. I should mention that. He processes credit cards for many, many businesses and ministries, including ours. And uh, we're very happy that, uh, that we've uh, run into each other and that we can be working with him. But uh, I love these kind of partnerships. And he's doing with the credit card processing business what we're trying to do with the vault. Does any you all know what we're doing here at the vault? Okay. This is not just a showpiece. We're trying to protect ourselves from big tech. All right. And uh, it's not a simple thing, but neither is what he's doing. And so he's doing with credit card processing and financial transactions what we're trying to do with technology. Without further ado, thank you, Nick. Okay. Thank you. Well, uh, nice of you to join me tonight. Um, I just want to add one more thing to his list of things. I'm a sinner, okay, like everybody else. So God has been gracious to allow us to do business and allow us to open up a lot of uh, fields. Uh, also, when I meet with the Marvel characters, they're not in costume, okay? That was, uh, it was a gathering of some of the people that you'd know. Um, uh, most of which are not uh, folks that uh, prioritize Christ today, and I feel that my relationship with them will give an opportunity to talk to them because only the Holy Spirit's going to get to them. So when you're around the people that God's opened up, I do a lot with Christian films. I'm not sure if any of you guys watch films, but uh, we do Christian films, many of which you've seen out in the theaters. And, you know, our goal with that is to provide a different um, genre that you can remember. And I, I was sharing with Stephen tonight that one of the things I'm starting on tonight, actually, is that there are songs that we heard, and I'm an old guy, so 
my songs might be 70s and 80s and 90s, and your songs might be 2000 and beyond. But we can remember what we've heard and what we've seen in, in, uh, in a movie. And if I brought up a song right now, and if you guys remember them, and we don't remember Bible verses, and we don't remember hymns as much. So we need to get every thought captive. So that's why I do films. I think that it's an amazing medium. Uh, we have a new film coming out, which is called The Shift. Um, if any of you have seen The Chosen, uh, we have Mary Magdalene, who's been in The Chosen, uh, that actress, and some other people from that film. And that'll be out in December. And the idea there, it's kind of a futuristic uh, book of Job. So we'll take a look for that. That's December 1st. So we're in a lot of different areas. And that's one of them. So anyway, tonight, what I want to talk about is AI. Um, AI is not going anywhere. Um, as Christians, we've got to decide where is AI going to fit into our world. So my piece today, kind of a creepy dude up there, is you know, AI versus God is the moral agent. What is the moral agent? What's going to be our moral compass? And what I want to talk through is, you know, what exactly is AI today? And we go through artificial intelligence, and simply put, it's computers and appliances that people believe can think like a human being, okay? And we use them every day. We're, we're stuck with them. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe that every appliance you have, and I'm going to use the word appliance. That means computer. That means your cell phone. That means anything you're working with today that has access to the open world, open market, has access to your data and you, okay? Many people don't know who this is, but that's Siri. Okay, that's the woman's voice who is Siri. Now, we may have a different view of her. You may have a different mental view of her. And there is a Australian Siri. There's a U.S. Siri. There's a U.K. Siri. But we took a we as a as a country took a human being and put her out there, and we are now asking questions of Siri. Okay, and we're actually waiting on responses. And many of those responses are not of God. If you ask any kind of biblical question to Siri, it's not coming back the way that we've been raised. It's not coming back the way that the Bible would want us to have it. So like humans, AI appliances can be programmed to take in data and spit it out. Your concern as students, your concern as future leaders is what's the data going in? Okay, if that data going in is going to come out the way that the people program it to come out. Okay, if you ask today, ask Siri, have fun, go home, ask Siri, well, what about this or what about that? This of God. You're not going to get the answer that is what would be biblical. Okay, you're not going to have a biblical worldview. And multiple inputs of data make decisions, the same as in AI appliances today, Alexa or Siri, these appliances receive data posed as questions with pre-programmed answers. And there are many iterations of AI, but you know, you can play games on it, you can translate languages, and you can even recognize music and pictures. Okay, where does this all start? Now, many of you are computer science people, so I'm just gonna take you through part of it, and I'm gonna skip a lot of years, but basically, Back in the 40, they, 40s, they used utilized vacuum tubes and algorithms that followed a rule to come up with things. Uh, right before the war, which many of you look at as World War II, which was you know, an important war to our country, an important war to the world, they tried to figure out things that, how were the Germans at the time communicating back and forth? So there was a series of computers that happened, and back in 1944, there was a, a computer called the Colossus. Any of you computer science majors ever heard of the Colossus? Okay, well, what this computer did was try to figure out what was being encrypted by the Germans as they were fighting against the Americans. Okay, it was a very important uh, step in actually breaking down the codes that helped us win the war. So, you know, fast forward, you had the whirlwind, the univac, the witch, which I think is a crazy name, Besk. But really what happened is, have any of you guys seen um, the movie uh, Hidden Figures? Have you seen Hidden Figures? Okay, well, people used to be called computers. So we had people that would actually do the math on figuring out different um, 
uh, math associated with going to the moon. And if it wasn't for these people, we would never made it to the moon. Well, back in 1959, they came up with a computer, the IBM 1959-7090, actually figured out how to do these calculations, and they actually programmed it to sing. We're talking about 1959. Most people in this room were not born in 1959. I was not born in 1959, okay? So these were things that God had and allowed people. So please, everything we talk about today is the only breath, the only way you're going to learn, the only boundaries that you have what God gives you. And please remember that because I deal with a lot of smart people and they think they're smarter than. So whether you're an iOS, iOS or an Android, it doesn't really matter. The reality is you live on an appliance, okay? And you guys may have debates over whether you like IBM or you like this cell phone or that. But the reality is your education, your finance, your news, your theology, your security, your travel, your communications, and God are accessed through your appliance. I'm going to tell you an interesting story back on the news. I believe today a 12-year-old, okay, with an iPhone is a reporter. Think about that. Anything you capture can be put out there. And I'll tell you a story. I live on a farm when I'm here in Virginia. When I'm in California where I make movies, I, I live in basically in a neighborhood. But in my farm, we had a horse that had to get put down. Okay, now if you're a horse lover, this was done humanely, and I had to put the horse down. So I went inside, like a, and I got my gun, and I came out to put down this horse. So... I shot the horse and looked back at me like, that's all you got? And I literally hit the horse. And then it didn't go down. So I had to shoot it again. And then my wife said, you know, somebody could be on another mountain near us filming you and you're going to be out there on TikTok. Think about that, okay? I would have been news on TikTok. So we had to settle this another way. But news today is a 12-year-old with an iPhone. News today is what is broadcast to you, and that's very dangerous. And I'll show you how AI tracks with that, and it's extremely, extremely dangerous. Okay, so I've broken AI down to basically four macro groups, but the one we're going to talk about is not even part of this. The macro groups are a reactive machine. Anybody play chess? Okay. Do you know, do you know the term bl big blue? Remember that term? Exactly. Exactly. But why it beat, Gary, was it knew what the pieces could move and it knew what iteration those moves could happen, right? It didn't think through it. It basically knew if this happens, then that, right? If so, then that. But it did beat them, okay? But it beat them because it was reactive and it had a way to look at it. It had no memory. It just responded to different stimuli. The stimuli was this chess piece moved this way, this chess piece moved this way, so I'm going to react this way, okay? That is something that we like. If you're old enough to remember Pong, okay, Pong was one of the first computer games, and you go dink, 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 back and forth, okay, that was reactive. Okay, the other piece that's very important here is limited memory. It uses memory to, um, uh, to learn and improve its responses, okay, it's still not a human being. The dangerous area is when you get down to theory of mind and self-awareness. And if you guys studying AI, is this kind of in your bailiwick, you guys are studying it? If you get down to two, these two areas, computers cannot emote, we emote. We watch a film. I can actually show you a film, because I make film. I can show you a film where a toaster is brought down or a lamp is brought down to the curb and it's thrown out. If I change the music in that video, I can make you cry because we emote. God wired us to emote. And if something's getting left or left behind, anybody like puppies? Okay, you put a puppy in something, you put a kitten in something, and you can emote to what you see. 
okay? That's the way God's wired us. So it's very important as we look at theory of the mind, which is understanding the needs of other people and self-awareness. A computer cannot do that. A computer cannot say, how you doing? How you feeling? And they don't understand that. And that's the one thing that God, I do not believe that God will ever give that to us because all information is given of God. Everything we know is given of God. I do not believe we're going to get to that next stage. Here's the one that it should be of concern. Okay? This group here, I'll move through this, and I want to be just fair. I mean, there's the basics here of the glaring concerns with um, how AI relates. I mean, you know, AI could bolster the current woke agenda. I'm telling you guys things you know, so I'm going to kind of zip through these. Obviously, right now, garbage in, garbage out. And AI could replace jobs, okay, but if... AI replaces jobs, there'll be somebody replacing the AI. Those are not the biggies. The issue with all of this comes down to this. Generative AI, okay? What generative AI is, it refers to the deep learning models, models that can take raw data, let's say of Wikipedia, all of Wikipedia, take all the collected works of Rembrandt and produce something, okay? So today, if you have the ability to throw all this in, none of you can compute it quick enough. I can't, none of us can. But if you throw all of it in, in a split second, something can come back and generate something that can change and alter humanity. That's how serious it is. And, and if you look at this, this can and will cause confusion, which will lead to chaos, I believe, in the business world, the legal world, and most importantly, in the Christian world. Okay, those are the three areas we're going to talk about tonight. The business, the legal, and the Christian. And when I call Christian, I'm assuming we're Christians. Is that fair? We're on safe ground there? Okay, good. Okay, so the way that AI works, and many of you are computer scientists, so I'll give you a basic. Okay, basically what happens is whatever the image is, we've developed technology that will put it into an encoder, okay? The encoder will put it down into different bytes and then gets the opportunity to encode it and decode it and come out with something in the, other, in the end, okay? So I can make you in the audience here with the glasses, I can make you into a picture and then come out in a different format on the other side. I can make you be somewhere. Very dangerous, very dangerous. If you look at this, this is an actual copy <coughs> of a Rembrandt. Anybody study art? This is Rembrandt of Rembrandt. Rembrandt did a picture of himself, okay? If you remember that picture, it's a very famous picture. Well, that's not real. Okay, that was done on a printer. Okay, so that right there looks like the original. And I'm very confident that many of the museums, including the Louvre, don't have the original art right now in those museums. And you see these idiots go out there and they're gluing themselves to these things. Okay, well, I don't believe they're actually gluing themselves to the actual item. I think those items are put into very specific um, temperature-regulated vaults to keep them safe. But we can be in a situation where we could recreate this. Amazing art can be recreated, and it wasn't the original. Okay, so what, does, what happens? What are the things, the areas that we're talking about? Right now, I like product recommendations. If you go to Yelp and say, well, I want to find out where I can eat, right? That's, a, that's an advantage. Great to see. If you've got a five-star you know, rating on a restaurant, you might go there instead of a four-star. Social media connections. You know, I don't use social media. I made a decision personally. You will not find me on social media. That was my decision. I don't want somebody coming out of the past and oh, I remember so-and-so. I don't want that. When I got married to my wife, I married 42 years, I threw out my high school yearbooks, threw out our college yearbooks, we moved on. Okay? Other people want to be high school Harrys, they want to hang out with the people they used to hang out with. Young men, young women, I totally recommend, don't do it. 
Okay, move on with your life and God will bring the right bride to you or right spouse to you. Okay, image recognition. This is a dangerous one, okay, because right now we can do facial recognition. Now, is that good if you're a spouse who's looking for somebody who's a deadbeat, right, and they can pick them up on, on, you know, going through a highway? Is it good to be able to look at image recognition and say, is that a tumor? Okay, everything I'm going to talk to you about, there's a good and a bad. Just like Deuteronomy talks about, if you do this, you get blessed. If you do this, you're going to be cursed. Okay, and that's very important to look at how God keeps a balance on this. Virtual personal assistance, I like this. I don't like having employees that have to be around just sitting around. So virtual PAs or personal assistants is very big right now, where you can basically have somebody answering the phone, and you don't know exactly where they're at, but they can do a great job in supporting your business. Stock market predictions, one of my favorites. Uh, traffic predictions, have you l- used uh, Google? When you use Google, it's got the little red line that says don't go there. These are all positive things. Okay? So there's, it's not all bad on the AI world. Uh, this one scares me a little bit, self-driving technology. One of my buddies works for a company, and he actually goes to sleep in the car in L.A., and he gets a ticket two, three times a week because he's asleep. He is literally laying down the car, and the car is going, and the cops come up next to him, and they, they honk, trying to pull him over. Well, he kindly wakes up, and he sits up, and he takes over, and they go, well, we're going to write you a ticket. And he's like, write me a ticket for what? We weren't paying attention. Well, show me that in the California code that paying attention or not paying attention is a ticket. But what he's doing is that he has a complete self-driving car. He works for a very large company, which I won't share because I know this is being broadcast. But his thing is every day to drive the car. It's all self-driven. Okay, now I get concerned with that. He's a friend of mine, but I also get concerned that something could happen to the greater population. And then credit card fraud, which I'll talk to you guys about. Anybody have a credit card in here? Okay, I'm going to tell you a story in a second here about this. Okay, so... What could go wrong? What could possibly go wrong if AI took over? Well, we've had a major issue with supply chain interruption. Anybody, you know, I don't think any of your moms here that had to feed baby formula, okay? We actually were cut off on baby formula. Think about that, okay? When you think about what took down our country, we were stymied based on food. All that took was a supply chain interruption. In that case, it was baby food. Could have been anything else. Could have been milk. Could have been eggs, could have been other products. That's a major thing that can be interrupted by AI. Because AI can look at it and say, I'm going to shut this down. I'm going to shut down the communication that allows the trucks to bring this out. So if you think of everything in a linear fashion, AI can really stop things that are out there that we depend on. Okay, second thing, uh, second thing financial interruptions. Okay, what if the stock market got shut down? Just because they wanted to. Just because somebody got into artificially intelligent and they got into a system that shut it down. Could happen in a heartbeat. Okay? Document manipulations. Okay, we have a lot of documents we depend on. If you had a driver's license change, everybody heard of identity fraud? Okay? I can get your information and change it. I could be you. You could be me very easily. And this is happening today. And the last part is stock market influence. What if somebody went out and said, well, corn should be this price. And all the data on corn said that corn should be this price. We'll change the whole market of corn, which changed the whole market of fertilizer, which changed the whole market of John Deere. Okay? All of this is linear and can be controlled or interrupted. So real life in our business world. My company was founded in 2001. In 2001, we took off. God was very gracious. We had just mercurial growth in our company. And what we do in this business is we set up merchants to accept credit cards. When you go out to a restaurant, you go out to a business, that business can accept your credit card. So you go in, you buy a $100 item, 
And when you buy the $100 item, what our system does is says, your card is good, and then you leave with the goods, and then that company has to get the $100 from your bank, right? So if you have a Bank America card uh, or a Wells Fargo card, we move the money. Well, in 2001, we started the business, and I was stuck out in California. And the weekend I was stuck there, we had gotten in 3,000 new merchants. So I said, I'm the owner of the company, we'll just randomly go through it. Well, have you guys ever pulled up your credit bureaus? Anybody pulled their credit up? You have a score, right? Your score goes from 300 just for showing up to 800. Okay, so somewhere in between there, most people lie. And if you don't, you know two things. Right now, I can look all around this room, you know approximately how much is in your checking account, and you know approximately what your credit score is. Okay? Well, credit scores dictate your ability to buy things and also gives you the right to accept credit cards. So if you want to be a bakery, you apply to a company like me to get a merchant account. So in 2001, I was going through all of our accounts, and I found a just inordinate amount of people that were from Wyoming. Nothing wrong against Wyoming, but it was improbable that all these people would try to start a business and be based in Wyoming. So I went through the stack, and then I found out that they were all from Wyoming, but they weren't based in Wyoming. They were based around the United States. So that was odd. And then I found out they all had different banks, but all the banks were in Virginia. So think about that. Credit score from a person from Wyoming, business throughout the United States, but they all coincidentally banked in Virginia. And I said, something's wrong here. So I started looking into it, and the Secret Service handles credit card fraud. In addition to protecting the president and doing stuff, they're a division of the Treasury, so they handle credit card fraud. So I called a friend who was at the Secret Service. I said, hey, I've got this thing. It looks like all these cards and all these accounts are being set up this way. So we started looking into it, and I called the first person up, and I said, hey, remember Sally? And I said, Sally, I, I noticed you wanted to become a merchant with Cornerstone. And she said, I don't know who you are. I said, that's odd. So I started going through the stack, and I found out that somebody had broken into the database at a hotel and taken all the credit card numbers. So think about when you go to a hotel, you give your credit card number, right? Well, all these credit card numbers are in there, and they cross-referenced that with a credit bureau, and they had come to my company to steal from us and set up a merchant account. A merchant account would allow them to basically run credit cards and bring in money. So we had to stop this. We had about $5 million that was run in credit cards and run on Friday. And if we didn't stop it on Monday, $5 million would flow through the system. So I called my friends at Secret Service and said, hey, I, I need you to help me. I said, you need the president's phone number for all these banks. And I called the banks and said, we have a problem. We think there's credit card fraud. Can you help me? And just think about this. These guys were all at home. They're in there flipping pancakes. It's Sunday morning, right? And I'm getting a call from me. And one guy said, well, how do I know you're not the fraud? And I said, well, think about it. How would I get your number? I got your number from the Secret Service because it's unlisted. So one bank did not cooperate with me. The other banks all cooperated. And we were able to sting this guy as he was getting the money at the bank. And they it was the greatest phone call in the world. Because this is back, you guys remember brick phones. This is way back before the flip phones. And the guy says, hold on, I'm going to do the habeas grabus. And they went out and they grabbed this guy. And it became an amazing case. And we were able to stop it. Okay? But in those days, everything was done with paper. Okay? We wouldn't have stopped them today. Everything today is being done through AI. So instead of faking being somebody, they are. Have you guys seen some of the AI stuff where you can be a singer 
and record exactly what the other person said. Or you can be you and you can see visually you. So that's the challenge. It's way past paper. Paper trails allowed us to stop things. AI has taken a new level. So we got to figure out how to stop that, which I'll talk about. Okay, so basically the legal world has been impacted immediately. I don't know if you've seen this case. Uh, basically, there's a concept called stare decisis. Anybody, anybody studying law here? Okay, basically that a precedent in a legal case has bearing on the next case. Okay, now that's helped us as Christians. Okay, it just helped us in this terrible uh, law that was, uh, you know, the federal law regarding um, abortion. Okay, it allowed us to overturn that, which is praise God. Okay, well that stare decisis is going to be wavering. Okay, because the precedents that are out there are based on recorded documents. Okay, if any of you guys decide to study law, you're going to study cases through LexisNexis, and you'll pull up a case and say, well, what happens if we have an issue with our river? Okay, so you go in and you find out river cases. You know, who owns the water? Who owns the rights to the water? Who owns these things? And you use precedent on these cases. Okay, well, recently there was a case where Stephen Schwartz and Peter LaDuca, now I'm using their names, and I usually don't use names, but this is out there on the web, so anybody out there can get mad at me, but it's out there. These two individuals were fined by the federal judge for submitting a brief that contained false information that came back through AI. They basically went on AI, they went to, you guys heard of ChatGPT? Okay, they went out there and said, give us a case precedent for this. And they came up with a case that didn't exist, okay? And then they had the temerity to bring it in to a federal judge. Okay, they brought it in, and according to Bloomberg, they were sent in this 34-page sanctioned opinion to these guys because the judge, here's the coolest part, the judge only fined him $5,000. But here is the big issue. He knew that this was so important and they would look like such fools that basically they'll always be known as the lawyers who got fooled by ChatGPT. Okay, so there's a thing called public opinion, you know, the court of public opinion. Every lawyer out there will know these were the two idiots who did this, okay? But to go to chat GGP and say, GPT and, and develop a court case, think about that, okay? And that's the legal side. So the legal side's gonna be thrown up and down. What if you were going into a movie and you came out of the movie, I had a picture of you, and that picture, I just needed one frame, I could show you coming out and robbing a bank. Just one frame, that's all you need, okay? That's the issue today, what is real and what is not real. That's the issue with AI. And to this movie theater, anybody make movies? Okay, I make movies, okay? The reality with movies are, you really don't see something moving, okay? Basically, they're a series of single photographs, and they're moved so quickly that they fake out your brain, okay? Now, the old theater movies like this were 24 frames per second, that they had three clippings of it. So what you saw was actually a bunch of still shots. Your computers today do much quicker than this, okay? But when they made movies like that, you can't see the flickering in this, so the images or the frames actually produce something, okay? So I could make a movie, one shot of you, one shot of you, put them together, and all of a sudden, I can make you walking across something, all it took was one shot, okay? So what we have today is we can recreate, we can fabricate, we can abrogate, very easily, all electronically, okay? And this is the danger of it because anything that is recorded can be replicated and can be streamlined to have an outcome or an opinion that wasn't the original outcome or opinion. Okay, so how does it affect the Christian world? 
There's been a constant move towards suppression of biblical world order since Christ ascended. The left right now is salivating over this here because now they can take all the infrastructure that we have as Christians and they can take shots at it, okay? Right now, I, I shared with the group tonight at dinner, my church, where I go, a lot of the people in our presbytery are now embracing an agenda that incorporates homosexuals, okay? I don't think that's biblically correct. And I take that stand, and as Stephen said, I'm very open about this. I don't think it's biblical. Okay, so now we're trying to morph some stuff. Well, you know, God's a God of love, and well, don't we love these people? Well, loving someone is not taking a position where you don't express what the Bible says about their sin. You've got to call people out. Okay, so right now, what is God? Okay, we know God from the Bible. The Bible is something that has survived. Just think about how cool it is that we hold a document that was written generations and generations ago and has stayed as it should have been in those generations. That's amazing. Do you think about that? Okay, to think that the Bible, in all its complexity, and, and, and everything's in it. That's why, relate, relating back to movies, I think there's more drama, there's more in the Bible than, than in reality, okay? Because God brought us through all these different, uh, different um, circumstances to, to show his sovereignty. Okay, anybody heard of this guy? Anthony Lewandowski. Now, you've got to think AI for a second, okay? AI, artificial intelligence, is first artificial, are you guys are familiar with Second Life? Anybody know Second Life? Okay, Second Life allows someone who in this world is a plumber to be a secret agent in Second Life. Allows somebody here who's a school teacher to be a race car driver, okay? This is all made up in a world that doesn't exist. Well, this guy came up and said, well, why not? Let's just have a church in the future. Let's have a church where we can set the rules. We can rewrite a Bible. We can rewrite what's sin. We can rewrite what salvation is. And this guy actually got away with setting up the way of the future church. And our government, one of the things, too, if you apply, if you end up getting the ministry, and you get a 501c3, you can be the church of the carrot, okay, in our country. You can be the Baptist church. You may even want. And, and God bless it. I am totally for First Amendment rights and Second Amendment rights and the rest of the rights, okay? So if you want to be that, we know it's not biblical, but having that allows me to be a Christian, okay? So I'm, I'm okay with it in that respect, and we need to pray for those folks. But this idiot came up with the way of the future church and got away with it, had an actual church that existed. Okay, all of this is being pushed up to an international basis. Anybody familiar with the World Economic Forum? Okay, the World Economic Forum, study it, guys. This will impact your future, okay? If the Lord tarries, I'm post-millennial. If the Lord tarries, we're going to go through a lot, okay? And the World Economic Forum, this guy right here, let me tell you his qualifications. He's a homosexual, he's an atheist, and he's a contributor to the World Economic Forum, of which our country, your leaders, are part of the World Economic Forum. He wrote a book called Homo du Duis. Anybody studying Latin? Homo Duis. What does it mean? God, man. There's only one God, man. Okay, and that was Jesus Christ. And they're taking these things because they slip them right by us. We don't even look at it. We just talk about the book. Okay, it's homo duus. And if I'm pronouncing it wrong, I apologize. But what happens is we accept things. The reason we accept homosexuals today is because years ago, we saw them on TV. Do you know we accept transgenders? Anybody see the movie Mrs. Doubtfire? Okay, Mrs. Doubtfire. 
We all laughed at it. It was a transgender. It was somebody dressing up as a woman. It was inappropriate. The Bible's really clear. But what happens is we get desensitized to it. So, so, so guard yourselves, guys. Guard what you watch. Guard what you listen to because we become desensitized. These books, there is not a mistake how that's named. Okay? Well, if you walk through it, this man calls for a global government which advocates chemicals or bioengineering to achieve human happiness. Okay? There's a difference between joy and happiness. Joys come from the Lord. Happiness comes from our circumstances. Do I believe that pagans have happy days? Yeah, you have a birth of a child, it's happy. But there's a difference between the joy of Christ, and that's what they're trying to replicate and replace. And this guy actually went on to say, in a few years, there might be religions that are actually correct, okay? That just think about a religion whose holy book is written by artificial intelligence, okay? This guy is out there, our country's supporting the World Economic Forum, where this guy is preaching his gospel. Okay, now I'm going to take you through something here. The WEF, the World Economic Forum, think about this, because you see the tie-in with AI, with artificial intelligence. You've got very smart people in Germany, very smart people in Brazil. You've got very smart people in Brussels. You've got very smart people here. But they're all coalescing in this World Economic Forum. Okay? Their agenda is to set up man as a source of truth. Establish a global governance that requires shared property, limited mobility, controlled consumption, metered uses of services, and most importantly for their control, a man-centered spirituality. Anybody been to London recently or at all? Okay, in London today, they're wiping out cars. They're basically, you don't need cars. Okay, you need a 15-minute rule. What can you do in 15 minutes? That's the new goal right now, is to have 15 minutes. So if you have it, you don't need a car. This actually happened, you can look it up, ChatGPT, written Bible verse on how Jesus feels about trans people, okay? So somebody went to ChatGPT and posted, what would Jesus think about trans individuals, okay? This is what it came back. So, and this is the Bible verse, okay? Now, you know it's not right. And when I'm talking about it, I even feel bad saying it. But this is out there. And somebody's going to read this, and somebody's going to be influenced by it, and it was all generated by AI, okay? And a woman whose heart was divided between spirit and body came before him, Christ, in quiet despair. She asked, Lord, I come to you estranged, for my spirit and body are not one. How shall I hope to enter the kingdom of God? And Jesus looked upon her with kindness, replying, My child, blessed are those who strive for unity within themselves, for they shall know the deepest truths of my Father's creation. Be not afraid, for in the kingdom of God there is no man or woman, as all are one in spirit. The gates of my Father's kingdom will open for those who love and are loved, for God looks not upon the body but the heart. Sounds pretty good, huh? Okay, it's not a Bible verse. Okay, there's a common thing in the Catholic Church that says, God helps those who help themselves. It's not a Bible verse. Okay, this sounds too good. It sounds too accurate. And if you guys have studied other, other false religions like Mormonism and some other stuff, stuff sounds really good. And that's the point. You know, the devil doesn't need to make you think he's right. He just makes it, let's, has to make you think that you may not be right. Okay, that's the big issue. That's the, that's the, that's the falsehood of this. Okay, so what's our game plan? Okay, number one, as Christians, we've got to remember that God is sovereign. God is not sitting down playing a video game today. 
This is not by mistake. And everything else we've walked through, the internet, when it first came out, the world's going to end. Many of you aren't old enough to remember, but you know, when we had Y2K, the world was going to end. And I slept great that night because I figured if the world's going to end, God already handed it. Didn't need me. Okay? So right now, do not get um, worried, but be frustrated. And remember that God is sovereign over everything. My dear friend who passed away, R.C. Sproul, said that if God doesn't control every molecule in this world, he's not God. Okay, so remember, number one, God is sovereign. There's nothing that's going to happen. There's nothing to worry about. But we need to figure out ways to embrace the AI to our benefit for the gospel. If you think about it, anybody who Wycliffe is, ever heard of Wycliffe Bible translators? Okay, they'll spend years going through the, the language in Erian Gyra, okay, with, with these chat B, GPT and the other things, you could translate a whole dialect. Okay, you could do it perfect with this. So let's embrace these things. But we have to know that God's sovereign of these and we have to be careful with it. Second thing is reading, writing, and arithmetic. Okay, the basics right now, it's very easy to go out and Google what you want. Okay, Google the answer. If I use you the square root of something, old guys like me, we actually had to calculate it. Okay. Don't walk away from these things. God gave us, God built it, and God has been sovereign over reading, writing, and arithmetic. How many of you guys have a Bible? Okay. How many of you have an electronic Bible? Or have a, how many have the old school, you turn the pages? You turn the pages, people? Okay, nothing like it. Don't give it up, guys. Do not give it up. That is gold. Okay, what you have in that Bible is gold. And I'll tell you an interesting story. I have a Bible that I got back when I was probably like 18, I think is when I got it. And it was in my briefcase, and it got stolen. And my briefcase was stolen. I had a computer. I had my Bible. So I was filling out the things as to what was in your briefcase. And I said, I had a Bible in it. And the guy's, oh, really, a Bible? And wrote that down. The police officer wrote that down. And what ended up happening was the next day, they had taken my computer and my briefcase. The briefcase probably got thrown out. My computer got fenced. But the guy had my Bible, okay? And he had it on the dashboard of his car. And this is in Georgia, and he drove into gas station to BP. That's a BP here, BP station. So he pulls into BP station, he's getting gas, and he did a gun transaction with somebody at the gas station. So a cop was watching him from, from afar, and he saw this, and it's not illegal to sell a gun to someone in Georgia. I don't know about uh, South Carolina, but you can sell a gun to somebody. The cop just thought it was odd. So he came and said, hey, do you have any ID? He asked him for ID, and he gave him his ID, and he looked over, and my Bible's on the dashboard with my name on it. And he goes, well, your name is this, but who's Nick Logan? Oh, that's a friend. Okay, so he calls it in, and my Bible had been listed as stolen property that morning, and they arrested the guy. So my Bible became state's evidence against somebody. Okay, it's a true story. I still have it. If you guys come to my office, I got it back like a year later, and my Bible, it comes back in an evidence bag. So I still have it in the evidence bag, but uh, haven't opened it. But, but read your Bible, the, the Word of God. Whenever I go through an airport, People say, well, what's in your bag? Anything sharp in there? I say, yeah, the word of God, the sword. <laughs> and, they, and they look at me like, some people get it, some people don't. But anyway, so stick with reading, writing, and arithmetic, the real stuff. Do your math. Don't depend on chat GPT. And I'm telling you, it's going to be an easy way out. Don't depend on it. Read and write and do that. Next thing is study your Bible. I truly believe that the Bible is the inerrant word of God and that everything we confront can be answered biblically. So if you come up with something, Study. Even takes a little longer. How do I answer with the Lord? Okay, how do I answer what biblically has been established? But this is my biggest protocol. I'm using the word protocol. You can use it for something else.
But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. Okay, so as you hear this stuff, test it against the Bible. Know your Bible. Okay, know your Bible verses. Know be able to go back and test it against that scripture because it will keep you protected. Okay, this is a couple of verses that I, you know, kind of want to take you through. Basically, I say this purposely. This was not written by mistake. You know, we know God and AI ain't him. Okay, so as you look through these, all who fashion idols are nothing, and the things they delight in do not profit. Their witnesses, neither seen or know, that they may be put to shame. Who fashions a God or casts an idol that is profitable for nothing? Behold, all his companions shall be put to shame, and the craftsmen are only human. Okay? When human people are building something, they'll be put to shame. We win in the end as Christians. Anybody see that movie with the ants and the grasshoppers? Ever see? I can't think of the name of it. The one with the ants and grasshoppers? And it basically says if the ants ever figure out there's more of them than us, we're going to lose. Okay? I think it's ants or one of the, I can't think of the name of it. But the reality is that's where we're at. There's more of us. Greater is he that is in us than he that's in the world. Okay? So look through these verses. I have a verse from, uh, from Isaiah. I'm the Lord and there is no other. Besides me, there is no God. And when you start getting confronted and you hear these things about AI and they say, well, this is what AI says. This, wait a second. God created all of it. Okay? Just get back to basics. I can get into some real deep philosophical and theological things, but if you stay with what I called a moment ago uh, the Galatians protocol, if anything is presented to you that is not of God and is, ri- is not right, then dismiss it. Okay? And you don't have to be polite. Just tell you, hey, you know what? That's not of us. That's not of God. Okay. Final piece, if you go venture into this uncharted world of AI, and you will, okay, do not go in there unprepared, okay? You need to prepare yourself with a bedrock of scriptural assurances and test everything against the the word of God. Okay, my final verse for you, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without uh, reproach, and it shall be given to him, but let him ask in faith, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, that is driven and tossed by the wind, from James 1, 5 through 6. That's the biggest thing. Do not get tipped off. Do not get to the point where you know where you're at, you kind of know that, but you start, well, it might be right. That's not right. And everything you're going to see with artificial intelligence, that's the idea, is to tip you. That little tipping point, whether it's business, whether it's finance, but most importantly, whether it's scripture, stick to your guns on it. That's all I have tonight. Um, I can get much deeper in a lot of it, but I'm going to go kind of high level of stuff. Any questions? No? Okay. Yes, one back there. Um, so you talked a little bit about how AI can make decisions more for us as believers by doing tasks and things like that. How exactly? So I understand that AI will probably become more integrated into businesses. Um, how exactly? Well, the biggest thing is a great question. How does it um, open up vulnerabilities? The biggest thing in business is knowing who you're dealing with. Whether you're selling a product or a service, you may have a credit that you want to do. So let's say you want to order 10,000 shirts, right? Well, I'm going to check your credit. Well, if you could fake or replicate or change your credit profile, I may make a decision based upon that. Okay, that's huge for us. Huge. Like I was talking about the credit card processing, we were setting these merchants up that could literally go out and process thousands of dollars. We processed years ago for a band called Aerosmith. Anybody heard of Aerosmith? Okay. 
we processed for them and we ran a couple million dollars for Aerosmith. And when we processed for them, they had outsourced their processing to another company. And we ran up like a million dollars and then that company went poof, they were gone. So it wasn't Aerosmith's fault, but what it ended was that company had taken the money. And that's a danger just in my world. But think about that in a credit world. You're making decisions, you're hiring based on the fact that we just got a contract with a city that doesn't exist. We just got somebody who signed a contract that doesn't exist. That legal case I talked about, going out and asking precedents that are out there, what if you settled a case based on the fact that we settled this because ABC versus XYZ settled the case and it wasn't true? That's the issue. So I think that you know, keeping it very close and having checks and balances, there will be checks and balances. AI will be able to be checked and have a balance with even the smartest guys in the world. I mean, I'm not an Elon Musk fan. I mean, I think he made some pretty cool cars and got a great rocket ship. But think about that. He's calling right now. Let's hold on. You guys been following into that? Elon Musk, who had a chance to develop all this stuff, is, is backing off. So, so yeah, that's the big issue in business is knowing who you're dealing with, knowing what you're selling, knowing what you're buying, and it could be false. Same thing with the stock market. I can, if I was a bad guy with AI, I can manipulate a stock. Anybody, you guys invest in stocks? Okay, think about the stock market. Let's say they came back and said, you've got a supply chain. Oh, we've got these incredible sales. You go, oh my gosh, sales are going up, right? It could be false. It could be false buyers. It could be false distributors. So, but don't get worried, I'm telling you. God is sovereign. I'm not worried about this. Just be aware. That's the big piece. Any other questions? Yes. Yes, I do. And I think right now, you guys familiar with Ken Ham? Yeah, Ken's great. Read anything that Ken's written on AI. He's done an amazing thing that basically, he sums it up a little differently than I do, but it's really the same thing. God is sovereign. You've got to stick with what you know. The Bible cannot be rewritten. Okay, I'm, I had this conversation earlier with, uh, with what translation of the Bible. The Bible is the Bible. Okay, do not waver. I mean, you guys are so impactful for this country, so impactful for the community, for Christians. Right now, what you're bringing in, just hold your course. And if you read stuff on Ken, Ken Ham has on AI is amazing. He really has done it. I, I happen to be a fan of his anyway, but what he's done on AI from a Christian perspective. And, you know, and here again, if you spread the gospel, any of you guys going into uh, missionary work or ministry, I mean, think about that. You can show up in a country and translate something that has never been translated and impact for the, for the gospel. So it could be used. But so would the Roman roads. Anybody know how many miles of Roman roads there were? 350. Okay, and along the roads, there were people killed, but the gospel wouldn't have been advanced on the Roman roads. The Internet's amazing. Okay, in the Internet, you can do some amazing things. But hopefully you have gotten to a point in your life where you've realized, I can also look up some bad stuff. Okay, and I gotta, I've got to gauge that personally. That's the Holy Spirit is going to be the, the guide, what I call the cap and collar for what you look at and read. Else? Okay, well, I encourage you and admonish you to go out and change the world. Okay, it can definitely be done. And